The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. A brief story for you. This comes from a book by Alexander McCall Smith, part of a series some of you may have read on the number one ladies' detective agency. Is anyone familiar? No? Yeah, yeah. Delightful series. Um, These books take place in Botswana, in Africa. Probably, uh, perhaps the most modern, most democratic, uh, peaceful country in Africa. And they are just everyday stories. Simple stories about everyday life in Botswana. But they have such wisdom. It's amazing. And this, I believe, is next to the last in the series, the Saturday Big Tent Wedding Party, <laughs> which for me so far is, is the best, has the most wisdom in it. And I've been saying, you know, it's Buddhist wisdom. But of course, it's not really Buddhist wisdom. It's universal wisdom. And I love it when I find wisdom in very secular places that is the same wisdom that we consider Buddhist wisdom. Because it does mean that it's universal. It's not unique to any one tradition, but it is universal wisdom. So... uh, this, the part that I'm going to read is an exchange. It's, it's the, the woman of the story, the woman who started the number one ladies' detective agency, uh, remembering her father and remembering a teaching from him. And it begins. She remembered as a girl being called by her father to witness a noisy drama taking place in a tree on the edge of their fields. She had heard the birds before she had seen them, as they filled the midday air with strident, high-pitched squawking. And as she and her father approached the tree, she saw a whole dancing flock of birds, dark little dots against the sky, dipping and darting above the canopy, of a spreading acacia. Why are they dancing, she asked. Not dancing, her father said. They are defending their home. Nearing the tree, they stopped, and he pointed to a dark shape that was the bird's nest. Can you see it, he asked. There, just over there. She had stared into the tangle of twigs and leaves. There was movement but she was not sure what it was until suddenly one of the twigs seemed to unwind itself and move sinuously between two neighboring branches. Yes, her father said, that is the snake. 
and these poor birds can only shout and fly about. They cannot stop their enemy. She had asked him to throw a stone to deter the snake from its attack on the nest. But he had simply shaken his head. We cannot do that, he said. We cannot always stop the things we do not like. She had been astonished. Everybody threw stones at snakes. It was what people did. And his refusal stuck in her mind. Later, much later, she remembered his words and pondered them. We cannot always stop the things we do not like. She knew now what he meant, of course, that nature had to be left to take its course. But she had realized that there was a far greater truth there, too. There were some things that one could stop or try to stop, but it was a mistake to go through life trying to interfere in things that were beyond your control or which were going to happen no matter what you did. A certain amount of acceptance, which was not the same thing as cowardice or indifference, was necessary or you would spend your life burning up with annoyance and rage. It reminds me of the serenity prayer of the anonymous groups. Grant me the courage to change the things I can change, acceptance of the things I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. And maybe that's the key, the wisdom to know the difference. We don't always know, do we, when we begin, whether we'll be able to change something. And so we may make our best effort. We may start. But when we discover that we cannot change it, it's going to happen whether we like it or not. Then what do we do? Do we keep fighting, railing against it? Or do we let go, accept this is going to happen whether I like it or not? Sometimes that's very hard, isn't it? It's very hard for us, maybe particularly in this culture, to let go of what we cannot change. We are encouraged. We're, we're taught, really, um, that we can change things and that we should struggle, we should fight, we should do our best to change. But what happens? Sometimes we make enemies. Sometimes we make things worse. Sometimes we get in our own way. And certainly we're not peaceful. Right? We, as, as her father suggests, we go through life filled with annoyance and rage. And that's not going to help anything. So accepting the things that we cannot change or that we do not like. We don't always like what happens, do we?
individually, you know, in our individual lives or in life in general. And very often as human beings, we think we know better than nature, don't we? We think that it's not okay for a snake to attack a bird's nest. Or it's not okay for a cat to catch a bird. But that's life, isn't it? That's, that's nature. And in many ways, human beings interfere in nature. We see it everywhere, right? And not necessarily for the better. Sometimes we make things worse by interfering. But the wisdom to know the difference, to know what we can change, what is worth our very best effort. But then letting go, letting go of the result. This is a hard part for us in this practice, I think, to make our best effort. So we're not indifferent. It's not about not caring. We can care very much. We make our best effort and then let go because we know there is so much more than our limited perspective or our limited effort. So we have a couple minutes. Um, I'm interested in comments. Mm-hmm. I remember going to Anna Nueva 14 years ago, the tour guide said the same thing. He said that uh, when a whale appeared to be permanently beached uh, and unable to get back in the water, they didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is, is oh, it is on. <laughs> Hard thing to do sometimes, to not intervene, especially if you think you can do something. Well, <clears throat> it's not a matter of changing everything. It's it's the um, well, it's the understanding that uh, you're part of the natural seam of the universe, and you don't you don't break the seam. Mm-hmm. By accepting things, you uh, you enjoy the peaceful serenity of the universe, of the oneness. That is where the serenity is. Not a matter of whether letting go. You just can't change nature, like you say. Mm-hmm. But you can enjoy the peaceful serenity mm-hmm. of oneness. Lovely. Thank you. The uh, comment about a cat and a bird um, struck a chord with me uh, because I do chase cats away <laughs> when they're, you know, uh, hiding around the bird bath and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my uh, thought on that is you have to be discriminating as to what's really going on there because cats are not natural to California. 
the birds have no idea, they were not, did not evolve any way to deal with cats. So uh, you have to look for the subtleties in something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and so that sounds like a good example of making your best effort. So, yeah, it's not to say that we don't ever try anything, that you don't sometimes maybe throw rocks at the snake um, or chase the cat away. But if the cat is persistent, or the cat is the neighbor's cat, and you're going to make enemies by, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever you might do, that might not be so skillful. Or with, in the case of the whale, uh, great effort is made perhaps to tow the whale out to sea or whatever, but the whale is so injured that um, it's not going to make it anyway. And, and remember, in Buddhist practice, the Buddha did not set down a bunch of absolute rules that we must follow. That's the freedom and the responsibility in this practice. So he gave us guidelines and suggested that um, some, some ways that we use our wisdom, that we contemplate things, and make the best decision possible. Because there is no absolute. There is no absolute um, action that is right in every circumstance. Okay, thank you all. <laughs>